number of interviews that I've listened to off of other people's podcasts where someone's super successful who's at the top of their field, who've achieved something super extraordinary, discusses how it was that they got there. And there was this huge commonality amongst almost all of them. It was getting over their fear of rejection. All Things Con Amor is the pursuit of holistic health, wellness, happiness, love, the things that really set our soul on fire. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome back to All Things Con Amor. I am your host, Stephanie Arnick. Um, I'm a medical student and today we are diving into a little bit of the mental health side of this podcast, um, the things we love and pursuing loving ourselves. And so that means taking care of ourselves. I had this drafted based upon some conversations I had and the way I saw that they impacted actually a few people. And so I hope that sharing this with you helps you in some way, shape or form. Today, we are really going to be focusing on this concept of saying no, uh, specifically in terms of who is saying no to you. To start, a few weeks ago, I met this absolute angel that lives in my building. We happened to be doing laundry in the basement of the building at the same time. And for whatever reason, I struck up a conversation. Well, actually, I know the reason. I could tell she was Hispanic, and Hispanic people are simply so warm and genuine that you kind of always want them around. So we started chatting. It always starts with, where are you from? And anyways, once I explained that I was in medical school, the conversation kind of led into her mentioning that she had wanted to go into healthcare at one point, but she thought that too much time had passed and that it would be too difficult to pursue and get back into it. Um, For reference, I think she's 27 or 28. And so that was kind of when I realized that she was rejecting herself before she had even given others the chance to do that. There are actually a few people in my class. I'm a second year now and um, they are well past 30. Last year we had someone who was in their 40s with two kids and a family. Um, A lot of kids in my class are married. I'm 24 and I'm actually one of the youngest people in my class. Most of the people I meet are at the very least a year older than me. Uh, So back to the story though. I do this all the time. We all do this. We're all so guilty of this. How many times have you really wanted something but out of fear of rejection of others told yourself that it just wouldn't work out anyway? I think that's kind of the easier route to just assume that they would say no or that you would be wasting your time by trying because it just wouldn't work out. I think a bigger waste of time is not pursuing something that could bring you so much joy or purpose. Uh, And as a side note, admissions offices for graduate programs like medical or dental school actually have older average acceptance rates because they prefer to see maturity in their students and these life experiences that would lead them to be more successful in dealing with patients. Uh, I think it's kind of difficult to take someone right out of college that has not um, shown that they've worked closely with patients and trust that they are going to be mature enough to handle a lot of these life or death case scenarios or um, in general just sort of stressful scenarios because when you're sick you're stressed right and so i realized that not a single admissions office had rejected her and 
More importantly, she had automatically discounted herself by operating under this assumption that this was unattainable for her. And I realized that, and I told her that by not even giving others a chance to reject her, she was taking opportunities away from herself. Looking back on it, I'm not sure it was my place to say all of this to someone I had just met 10 minutes ago, but that is kind of the way that I operate. I don't have a very good filter. And the story does have a happy ending because I spoke to her recently and she mentioned that our one conversation had pushed her to start going after the things that made her happy again and the things that she had really, really missed and wished she had been doing because she realized that no one else was telling her no. She was the one doing that. Uh, She started putting herself back out there and she is absolutely killing it like she's been going to her ballet dance classes in the morning and she is she just she seems so vibrant and full of energy and she had really missed dancing that was another thing we were discussing so what um is it that maybe you were just assuming wasn't attainable for you like who was telling her she couldn't take dance classes she was telling herself that and back to this topic of rejection uh, i think there is such a weird need for us to be good at everything we do. So much of this might stem from gratification, from external validation of society or from our peers, or maybe we have adopted this belief that it's only valuable to do things that we're good at or that we somehow financially profit from in order for them to be successful. But what if we changed our definition of success to be one that's more aligned with happiness? What if we just did things that bring us joy regardless of whether we're good at them or not? Like, you never know if the person would be willing to date you if you never ask. And I also think about this in terms of like the really creative sides, like how much joy does dancing around in your kitchen bring you? Like none of us are Broadway dancers, unless I do have a Broadway dancer listening to this, that would be cool, hi. But it, it's such a simple thing and like I'm not a good dancer but it makes me so happy and what if I just decided to never dance again because I thought I was bad at it and then if you amplify that how many other things did I just decide to never do because I thought I was bad at them or because I was scared of embarrassing myself like uh, I tend to struggle with this with like group exercise classes um, because I feel like I show up and I'm like the most out of shape one there. I think in high school, I was really good friends with this girl Amanda, sweetheart, and her and I had gone to one of those like workout classes where you have like small weights. There were like these like 50 year old women in there and Amanda and I could not, could not keep up. We were sore for like a week after we, there have been classes I've had to like leave halfway through and so I tend to just avoid them at this point in my life because the thought of being the worst one there makes me uncomfortable but I was talking to one of my med school friends about this like last week and she said this is a small goal maybe it's not even a good goal but my goal is just to not be the worst one there and so I think even if you are the worst one there, at least you're there, you know? It's better than the people that didn't show up. I'm sure that all the people that didn't show up would probably be worse than you, but they're not even trying. And another thing that 
really, really drives me in this category and these types of conversations is the number of interviews that I've listened to off of other people's podcasts where someone's super successful, who's at the top of their field, who've achieved something super extraordinary, um, discusses how it was that they got there. And there was this huge commonality amongst almost all of them. And that was getting over being afraid of rejection even getting comfortable with it, getting rejected again and again and again, and like learning from those rejections and seeing how it is that you can improve to move past them. For example, I know you know Harry Potter. Everybody knows Harry Potter. It's one of the biggest names in the world. Internationally, this series is adored by millions, but not a lot of people know that JK Rowling was struggling to make ends meet when she submitted the book for publication. Even fewer people know that a ton of publishing houses rejected her proposal, 12. And imagine if she had given up on number 11, when people had just told her, oh, this idea simply isn't going to work. Can you imagine if there was no Harry Potter? Imagine how many ideas have died because the person that came up with them was right at that precipice and decided to listen to the people that told them that it wasn't a good idea, that they shouldn't do this. Imagine if I had maybe told myself that nobody cares about these podcasts and nobody listens to them and this wouldn't exist for you to listen to right now. Another really good example of this is the founder of Airbnb. If you look up, I think on YouTube, his name and the story of how it started, I think he gave um, a lecture at one of the Ivy Leagues and it's like an hour and a half long, but it's such a good story. He tells it really, really well. But to summarize it, people called him absolutely crazy when he pitched his idea. And imagine at the time this didn't exist and someone shows up and tries to convince you to let strangers stay in your house, the, like you would you would probably call them crazy too. This was the definition of innovative. This was he was the first of his kind. And he was living in his car at one point and he was like going door to door to his customers' houses to see how they could improve, how they could get more people on the bandwagon. And look at what it is now. Another example is Oprah. Everybody knows Oprah. Oprah was fired from her first television job. They, she was like told that she wouldn't make it in the industry. And now she's Oprah. So many of the huge companies and success stories we see were created with someone that was just super passionate about their vision and were okay with going bankrupt on it because they believed in it that much. I'm not telling you to go bankrupt, please don't do that. But I'm asking you, what would happen if you pursued the things that you wanted with that same conviction? I think the fear of never having tried and never knowing how something could have ended up is so much greater than the fear of someone saying no, especially knowing how many people with absolutely brilliant ideas have gotten so many big fat no's. I also like to think of rejection as redirection. For example, you wouldn't want something that doesn't want you. So why would you get yourself so upset about it? I think this really helps me in a lot of aspects of life. Um, I would like to think that I interview pretty well, so I've never really had to struggle with this in terms of a job or that type of thing, but I did get rejected from almost every single medical school I applied to because I didn't get to the interview phase. Uh, Getting an interview to a medical school is like, tough and every single time I got the letter back that they were not they did not want me in their incoming class unfortunately we are unable to offer you a position 
I thought to myself, that's okay because I don't want to be somewhere that doesn't want me. Same with romantic relationships. I don't, and friendships, I don't want to actively pursue and put effort into someone that isn't going to reciprocate. The other day I saw a quote and it read, what is the pain of discipline when compared to the pain of regret? And I wrote it on a sticky note and it's been sitting on my desk ever since because medical school is the most discipline I've ever had to face in my life. And this is coming from someone that used to work 12 to 13 hour shifts as a medical assistant and then still go to the gym. Well, at the time, I was super committed to going to the gym every day because it was a non-negotiable for me because I told myself, I'm doing this for myself. I'm keeping the promises I make to myself. And so good for my mental and physical health that I was like, why would I consistently show up for other people and not for myself? That was kind of the the route of thought that really got me into going every single day, no matter what. And I, I really think the physical discipline was easier than the mental discipline because there's so much more focus that has to go into forcing yourself to like actively learn and retain something versus a workout a lot of times you can put on a video and just follow what they're doing and do it for the 20 or 30 minutes. Whereas with school, I'm, I don't have like constant tasks that someone else is watching me for. I just have four hour long exams every two to three weeks. So it's, it's a very different form of keeping myself accountable to the things I need to be accomplishing and the things that I need to set up on my own. Anyways, I challenge you to figure out something that you want to do that you think will help you grow and I challenge you to commit to it for 21 days. They say 21 days forms a habit and maybe I'll hold an Instagram poll and we can commit to it together and if you need an accountability partner to check in with every day, you can ask a family member or a best friend and if you're scared of that small rejection, them saying no or the judgment that might come with it, I will be your accountability partner. I'm really, really proud of you for taking some time out of your day to listen to something that will hopefully positively impact your thoughts and habits. I really believe that we tend to become like the content we consume from others, from the internet, from life, and that includes the books we read, people we listen to, TV we watch. The whole you are who you hang out with and what you eat translates super physically and metaphorically. And so I'm really grateful that you chose to spend this time with me. But I don't want our community to be one of those things where you just nod your head and go, yeah, I like that idea. I want it to be a safe space where we actively push one another to do more and be more. Like my dear friend from the beginning of this episode that is now taking the dance classes that she had wanted to take and had so dearly missed, what is your dance class going to be? If you benefited from this episode in any way or know someone that might, sharing this is the kindest thing you can do for me. You can find me um, on Instagram at Stephanie Arnick, or you can find our community at All Things Con Amor. With love always, I will see you when I see you.